Hello everybody, my name is Rick McCutcheon. I'm a Dynamics 365 MVP and we're here today on ClickLearn's Digital Adoption Podcast. Now, we put this podcast together because there are now over 300,000 professionals on LinkedIn with digital adoption in their job titles. So we're reaching out to the Microsoft ecosystem and we're talking to digital adoption experts. Today, we have another MVP, Asif Romani uh, from Visual SP, who's going to come and talk to us about, you know, what he does in the world of digital adoption. So, Asif, welcome and tell the people who you are and what you Thanks do. Thanks very much for having me, Rick and Joachim. Really appreciate it. My name is Asif Romani. Uh, I've been in the Microsoft ecosystem for a very long time, 16th year as a Microsoft MVP now. And the main thing that I focus on is I, I talk with CIOs all over the world, talking about, as Rick mentioned, digital adoption, talking about how to enhance employee experiences, increase user adoption while reducing support expenses. In the professional, uh, in, my, in my work for the company, I'm the CEO of Visual SP. The value proposition, same thing, being increasing user adoption, decreasing support tickets. Uh, the specific systems we focus on, like Dynamics, SharePoint, Salesforce, ServiceNow, SAP, in-house custom applications, by building contextual experiences like interactive guided walkthroughs, inline help, schedule announcement banners, any kind of contextual experience that makes it easy for the user to do their job, to do their tasks. So it reduces the support burden and increases adoption at the same time. And we're doing that all over the world, Switzerland, Europe, South America, uh, North America, all over the place. So once again, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Okay, great. Uh, Joachim, would you like to add anything to uh, the intro? No, I'm super excited to have uh, Asif here on board. I, I know that we've been speaking to a lot of partners and, and trying to drive the ecosystem with the partners. Uh, I think it's it's interesting to bring someone in who comes from the uh, digital adoption uh, tooling side. Uh, so, so you could say that Asif and I are very, very friendly competitors because our value props are very different. Uh, so, so we go to market in different uh, ways. But I know that we share a very common view on uh, on how we want to see user adoption grow, and that seems to be much more important, really, than than our competitive uh, situation in, in two cases annually. So, I'm uh, extremely happy to have you, Asif, and uh, I look forward to a great conversation today. Okay. Thank you. Asif, we're going to start with you on the first question. The first use of the term cloud computing in its modern context occurred on August 9th, 2006, when then Google CEO Eric Schmidt introduced the term at an industry conference. This was supposed to make computing much easier. What happened? (laughs) 2006, obviously, we're talking about before the uh, iPhone era, right? iPhone was introduced by Steve Jobs in January 2007. I still remember that wonderful event that most of us still watch on YouTube to just to live, relive that. If you think about it, from there, right. the complexity also increased. So it was not just the cloud capability and the availability of whatever you wanted to do. It was always, it's also too many options. So computing itself got easier, that's no doubt. But uh, the amount of options, the amount of distractions, the amount of applications, all these things went up. And that's still happening right now, as we all know. 
so as Joachim mentioned also, you know, ClickLearn, I think, does a great job in supplying the documentation, making quick documentation for all these applications. What we do from the front-end side for the majority is putting a contextual layer on top so you, as in-app guidance for those applications, right? Uh, and the reason we both do these things, obviously, is because people are usually confused. They're not usually happy with their applications. There's a lot of frustration. And when that frustration happens, you know what? <laughs> the actual usage decreases, the adoption decreases, and the support tickets go up saying, hey, I don't know how to do this thing. Help me. Uh, so staying focused has been very challenging for the folks that I talk to, uh, at least from the CIOs I, I talk to, that their users are having a tough time staying focused on task. Uh, there's a concept I'll briefly mention here called the toggle tax. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but the toggle tax basically says I'm toggling as a user back and forth from SAP to SharePoint to Salesforce to Viva Vault to, you know, to whatever else. And when that happens, there's an actual measurable productivity drop. And the measurable productivity drop from what I believe uh, Forbes put out, or H I believe actually HBR put that out, the Harvard Business Review, is up to 40% hit in productivity. That's quite a lot. So to answer your question, going back to what you originally asked, Rick, the cloud computing itself is there, it's easier, but because we are so distracted in all these different things, the actual adoption has gone down, unfortunately, the support tickets have gone down, and, and we're trying to reverse that trend uh, with what we're doing at Visual SP and with what I do talking to CIOs. Joachim, what do you think happened since 2006? Well, I think that the 2006 movement was a little bit uh, a, a different thing, really, in terms of cloud computing, because the idea was that that you know you don't need a desktop computer with any uh, with any solid uh, uh, you know hard drive, uh, CPU. Everything can be done externally. What has happened is that you know now you have a really powerful CPU uh, on your desktop and a very very fast hard drive, and you're still working in the cloud. So it's a different movement that's uh, going on. I think that in terms of user adoption, uh, that's, it has nothing to do, I think, with, with uh, cloud computing, but more about the web. Right? When, when, when we saw uh, uh, the World Wide Web coming out and the idea of browser-based application, the idea was this is so much easier than what I'm doing on my you know, AS400, my IBM mainframe system. And, and that suddenly converged into an idea of um, you, know, you don't really need training. If it's a web app, you don't need training, right? And that is the solid misunderstanding, which is you know present today. Uh, whenever I, I talk to people, uh, also inside Microsoft, uh, the, the the concept is basically, but it's a web app, right? You, you don't really need training. Say, look, you you packaged your your entire framework up with 140 different functions you can perform in order to be highly productive, and you're telling me you don't need training on that. The, the complexity of the application is growing while we made the user experience easier. And that does require training. So it's, in, it, uh, it's interesting you both said um, computing got easier. Maintaining computers, building systems, um, uploading, upgrading, that became easier. But I don't think anything for the user <laughs> became easier because I remember sitting in front of an AS400 filling in a line, hitting tab and going to the next one, filling it in, right? Yeah, that yeah. was my job, yeah. right? That's all I had to do. Then someone gave me a copy of ACT when I started my first business and it had everything, you know, to follow up with somebody, write them an email, send them a letter. I stayed in with this one application all day long. 
And then I remember we've ended up with Dynamics, you know, CRM, the first version. And we built these mega CRM systems for customers. And then we put the sales rep down in front of the system and say, okay, we're going to teach you how to do mm. CRM. And the sales reps looking at me because like, I'm fine. Like, I don't need, I don't need any assist. I sell a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So we had to teach them. And I remember the big thing was, oh, it's going to integrate with Outlook. So we're going to teach you through Outlook how to use CRM. And after about three or four groups that I trained, I said, we're no longer going to teach them through yeah. Outlook because that was too far too complex, right? Where they are and what they were doing. So I think, I think, you know, building these systems, maintaining and getting people to work together got easier. But, you know, I watched those end users and it was not easier for them. I, I just want to make one point. I think it's really important. No one asks for cloud computing, right? I mean, no one asks for it. There's not a single customer out there that said, look, I really want to take all my data and bring that into a data center somewhere where I have absolutely no knowledge of where it is. No one asks for it. It's completely driven by vendors and probably by a very, very large amount of technology companies now moving into a subscription model uh, and, and venture capital saying, that's a great idea, guys, right? Because it's going to minimize your cost. We're going to see uh, if effective everything is converted into AR. So there's a very large movement behind this that has nothing to do with what we are delivering to the client today. So cloud computing is one thing, but I think that the usability of the application, I think that it's getting better. but we are packing it up now That's with new right? features, yeah. which is a, is exactly the opposite movement. Yeah, right? for sure. So, so there there are two two different directions, uh, and and I think training is perhaps more needed than ever. Okay, so let's start again with our next question: What training and support does the average information worker need to help them stay productive? Asif. Um, so I agree to definitely a certain point, Joachim, what you were saying about training being important. Absolutely. Having said that, when I speak to clients and I speak at conferences, I, I make this statement that training is definitely important, but many times what people are asking for is help for them to do their job. Now, it can translate into providing traditional training or some different kind of quote-unquote training or support. At the end of the day, what we're trying to accomplish is a moniker of performance support. And, and the whole idea behind performance support is how do I help the knowledge worker get their job done because that's what they're interested in they want to get their job done whether it's with training without training in in-app help or a combination right they're looking for satisfaction in their work they're looking for a career progression they're looking for, especially now post-covid right now balance of life and work that's super important for everybody so when i am working in a system whether it doesn't matter it's dynamics sharepoint whatever the application is or even um, uh, you know supply chain i'm in the manufacturing industry whatever i need to know what i need to know at the moment of my need help me at my moment of need get the job done and be done uh, so my thought around the whole thing over here is that this is the kind of training and support that the average information worker needs to help them be productive. Give me answers. Don't necessarily train me on everything because I may or may not remember later, but just give me answers and let me get my job done. Jogan, would you like to add anything about you know what the modern computer user needs to help them get their job or keep them productive? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much in the moment of need, uh, and and uh, can hear that we are we are probably inspired by some of the same yes. movements, uh, Bob Marshall and Dr. Conrad, and and some of the work that they've been doing. Um, so so I think that we are very much on inspirational level. We are at the same place, and I think that this is the trend that we're going to see moving forward. It's definitely that that training will take place. Uh, I I consider performance support uh, in its broadest term. It is training. It's it's just not it's it's not a it's not a disruptive activity that takes you out of your work. It's happening in the moment of need and and uh, in the flow of work. I think those are very important. Uh, but the training is still taking place. I think there's some some things that will be very very diff- uh, difficult to train. Uh, not not uh, without doing it in moment of need, but but uh, without being disruptive uh, in in the user's uh, work. And I think that if we're looking at the average enterprise today, they have around 178 apps deployed. Now, updates are coming out uh, more frequently uh, because of, of, uh, of the SaaS movement. That means that we're getting more updates hit on, on users more frequently. So I think that if we are looking at training from a traditional training perspective, we have exactly. an impossible task. If we have 178 uh, uh, systems and they're being updated quarterly, uh, there's not enough time for any employee to even work. They're going to do nothing but learn. And that that is obviously a problem. So I think that some things we, we are going to put into performance support, but the idea that everything is going to happen by merely uh, doing performance support, I think that we're going to find some really difficult conceptual challenges. And I also think that we pushed a very large burden now onto the IT department, right? That we are expecting to keep this current in between releases, right? 178 system multiplied by four releases, keep the stuff current so it's working, right? And when you have that GPS inside your system, you really need it to work, right? It's 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 not it's not good if if the GPS for some reason suddenly is not working. And that's that's been sort of our focus. Uh, yeah. from, from the Cleveland side, making sure that it's fairly easy for an IT department to overcome the very large task. I'll they add have just one more online. thing, so, if you don't mind. Okay, uh, so go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, definitely I believe in training. I have been a trainer before myself for a very long time. I used to do three to five day trainings you know, every every week, actually. I completely believe in training, completely believe in the concept of macro learning or deep learning. However, having said that, there's a curve that I follow usually, which is you start with macro learning, deep learning, and then you go into contextual micro learning. The contextual micro learning part, uh, the kind of stuff that we provided Visual SP, I think is super important because you cannot continue to train people and say, hey, go to the LMS or go to whatever to find your answer or documentation. You got to find it right there. But there's moments of the deep learning, contextual micro learning, again, deep learning, again, micro learning, and you have to follow that curve uh, depending on the phase of the learning that the person is in. Are they trying to solve a problem? And and just on the just yeah. on those phases, it really depends on the person. That's true too. Like you know, you know, younger people who have, grew up within computing, they want just consistent micro, <laughs> micro, micro, right? Tell me what I need to know now. But I think, let's say, somebody who's more mature been in the market, I think follow exactly what you're talking yeah, about. I completely agree with you. And the generation that we're in right now, I call it the TikTok generation. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get right. harder and harder for all of us to do our job, to be honest. So good luck to us. Okay. So, so gentlemen, 
yeah, I think they have fast, they have fast learners coming out of this, right? Yeah. They learn extremely fast, and they know, uh, and and you know, the the, uh, the entire idea of the internet is their oyster, right? They they expect to learn from the internet, uh, and they expect to get that boiled down to a nothing more than a one minute session because that's about the attention span. Uh, so nothing more They're than first. that. But they are fast learners, right? They adopt uh, knowledge in a in a crash course way. So here's here's the next question. It, this is really important. We all understand it's very important. Why are most Microsoft partners laggards when it comes to opening up a digital adoption uh, department in their companies? Uh, Joachim, do you want to go first? I think I think uh, uh, very short. I think um, Short term, there's a there's a lack of of, uh, of uh, dynamics consultants out there, right? So we we're seeing a, a job market crash. There's simply not enough uh, people out there. So it's a question of, uh, I think the the main thought is that you know what else can I use my resources for, right? So instead of building up a digital adoption platform, uh, I can I can get the resources to uh, do more on the uh, implementation side and develop basically more money for the business. And I think that's that's absolutely a lot of money to be picked up. What I think that that is part of the missing equation is, is it's a completely new type of people that you're looking for. So it's it's not an either or. It's not about getting the Microsoft people and occupying their valuable resources by doing something different. It's about getting someone mm -hmm. that has more of a learner's background and getting them in to make sure that, that we deliver the right uh, learning for uh, uh, for the organizations. And I think if you look at this from a, uh, from a consumption perspective, from a usability perspective, how much is uh, or, or optimization and and and, uh, and uh, the use of the software? I think you will find that this is a an extremely good uh, investment. I think the resources can actually be sold out there, so there's a market, uh, there's a demand out there for someone taking this serious and saying, "Look, I know that it's not just about the implementation. I know there's something behind this." Uh, so I think that it's a it's a question of of uh, catching up and and knowing that you know there's a there's a new set of resources that we can employ and and get working inside our organization without competing on on the existing. Dynamics. Yeah. So Sif, what what do you think uh, partners need to do? Well, I very much agree with what Joachim was saying, and uh, I think all this all started especially from big vendors when their eyes opened, they started become the actual host when the cloud computing happened, and they became the host for many of these organizations, and they found out that the metrics that they thought were out there were not, because now they were seeing the actual usage of, okay, how much actual dynamics is being used? How much actual SharePoint and Stream and Planner and all the other applications? And we're, of course, way beyond just the Microsoft system. We're talking about Salesforce and SAP and others. Any kind of provider, when they're able to see the actual usage, they know that is the digital literacy for the people who are actually supposed to be using it, is it high or low? Because now they can measure it. They can see what's happening, what's not happening. And they freaked out when this happened. When they started happening back in the day, like, uh-oh, these people will not renew unless, unless we help them with adoption and change management. And I think that's the point. That was the inflection point many years ago where the ACM, the adoption change management uh, concept, became important to the big vendors. And they started pushing it down to partners saying, hey, guys, you need to make this a priority. <laughs> this is real. This is not just pushing it out there like Joachim was saying. Implementation is not the only thing. 
the implementation configuration and then digital adoption is also very important. In fact, you should be planning for that before the implementation. Otherwise, you get one shot. People don't adopt. Guess what? You have to go back to the old ways of doing things. Otherwise, they cannot do their job. Uh, as you both know, and uh, you've done that as well, I, I speak at many conferences on digital adoption specifically. And this is not a phenomenon that's local to a specific geography. This is everywhere in the world. Exact same challenges, exact same issues. But the challenge being that why are companies still laggards in digital adoption? Because it's very difficult to measure. It's very difficult to measure adoption. You can measure specific clicks. You can measure specific usage of certain things. But adoption is still hard to manage. You can't just say that, okay, people are going to this particular page or these pages and adoption is happening. Great. That's not how it works, right? What is the actual business value am I getting out of it? How do I measure it? And because the measurement has still been hard, user adoption has been hard, uh, many people still treat this, unfortunately, as a project. I talk about this all the time, that user adoption has got to be a service that you have to offer continuously. You know, uh, And you cannot just uh, do this project and be done saying, okay, well, we're done with user adoption. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. You have to continue to measure it, continue to support your users and empathize with them. That empathy is very, very important for them to understand that you care, and then they will care about what you care. Uh, I think a lot of the partners still don't unfortunately get it. And from us, from VisualSP side, we're trying to uh, spread the word. I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing to help the partners build their ACM practice so, so they can understand exactly how best they can do it for their customers. Okay, gentlemen, thank you for your time today. This has been an incredibly good conversation on digital adoption. Uh, Joachim, any closing remarks for today? An absolute pleasure having you, As if I hope we can welcome you in, a, in another call. I feel that we have so much to talk about. And although uh, we may disagree on, on uh, things, it seems more like it's, uh, it's a Gulliver's travel uh, uh, dilemma <laughs> in uh, big engines and small engines here. Uh, I think that on the on the very large missions, I think that we are really aligned on on, uh, yeah. on where this. Yeah. See if any. Uh, yeah, I agree remarks. as well. You know, since I've met both of you guys and I know what you think about, it, I completely agree with the sentiments and the end goal that you're trying to uh, accomplish. And same thing we're trying to accomplish. Also, at the end of the day, if the actual users don't use something that we put out there, everything else is useless useless completely. Now, the way you do that, it could be through services, through a specific product, through training, through performance support or a combination. The way is definitely important, but the goal is the most important thing. And I just want to say at the end that, uh, as we talked about before, we're living in the TikTok world. I completely believe that this is the generation that's going to replace all of us in the future. And we also need to understand the short atten attention spans. How do you accommodate that within the learning within the different phases of learning. So they have the information they need as close to them as possible to help them do their job. Because if the adoption decreases or declines in a certain uh, system, guess what? This generation is going to say, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm doing what I was doing before. <laughs> and and this, genera this generation can delete an app Bingo. off their phone Bingo. in, in the seconds. seconds. Right? And I think the big vendors think, uh oh, once these guys are in charge, they may be deleting us. It's off already their, happening uh, with some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. We, so we believe we in the contextual problem. micro learning, micro yeah. support, micro communication system. And I think uh, with a combination of macro learning and contextual micro learning together is a great combination to support our current learners and information workers, as well as our future ones as well. 
Gentlemen, thank you for this uh, conversation today. We'll be back shortly to talk more about digital adoption. Thanks for having me. Bye for now.